get your credit right. Like, really pay attention to that because, like, you can use credit for everything and anything. So stop, you know, under underdogging the credit because it can be really, really phenomenal to take you to the next level. Hey, hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Did you hear that? That was the sound of my new Igloo home lock. This thing is awesome, guys, all right? If you've got a vacation rental that you need a lockbox for, or if you're a real estate agent and you need something for your listings that you can control from your phone, you guys need to check this product out. I love the app, I love the look, it's so sleek, and it even has a way for you to charge the device in case the batteries die on it. Guys, I'm telling you, this thing is great. And if you want 15% off, you can get it with the code ADPI. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes page to go and check out your new Igloo Home lockbox and get 15% off with the code ADPI and you will be impressed. All right. I'm so excited to use this, guys, and I will catch you guys in the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Kevin and I here have another amazing guest, Brandon Elliott from Elliott Investments. What's going on, Brandon? How you doing? What's up, fellas? I appreciate you guys so much for having me. Dude, life is good. We are blessed. We are blessed, man. I mean, it's been crazy times going around. If you're listening to this on the podcast, guys, we're recording this uh, right here on the 2nd of June. And uh, it's crazy, right? I mean, the yeah. world is crazy. We go from COVID to, you know, craziness happening with law enforcement and people and, and you know, the, the world seems like it's in flux right now, right? And how to respond to some of this. But, you know, I think it's really an important time for us all to just reflect and, and you know, to, to focus on the blessings that we have, right? And the ability that we can connect with one another and to take these times, these difficult times that we're in and think about how we can come out on the other side a better person, right? And and a better person together with each other. And I love the ability that we have to connect through Zoom. I'm fortunate that we're able here, Brandon, to have this awesome opportunity to talk mm-hmm. with you, man, and to inspire some people here on real estate investing. This is this is a blessing to me. I feel awesome. I feel blessed and I'm thankful for having this opportunity. Kevin, what about you, man? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I mean, we talked about it before the show, Mike. I, I'm in the heart of Washington D.C., three blocks from the Capitol, and and all of this stuff is happening right. around me. And, um, you know, it, you're right, man. It, it, it's a it's a total blessing to be able to just have the technology and the capability. I mean, we're covering how many time zones right now? Three different time zones, yeah. and, and and you know, East Coast, West Coast, and and, and out in Hawaii, and we're able to go and and just 
have this learning opportunity to learn from each other, but then also to spread this education around the globe because we have listeners all around the globe that, that tune in to this show to, uh, to get some awesome advice. So Brandon, really happy to have you here. And, um, guys, if you're just tuning into the show, Brandon, uh, we're going to get into some stuff, you know, the, the, the main stuff that we normally talk about, but he's got some really cool strategies. If you're at all into using credit cards or you're like a points guy or a points girl, uh, Brandon's the dude you need to talk to. So welcome. Appreciate you guys, man. I'm excited. Dude, we're excited to have you, man. So mind telling us a little bit about your background and how you got started in investing? Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, I'm from New Jersey originally. So East Coast Uh-oh. and New York yeah. City. All right. Okay. I thought thought there was going to be a Jersey joke in there, Mike. Uh, I figured I'd I'd save it. Taking the high road as usual. (laughs) The low blows. Yes. (laughs) No, you know, um, so basically I I just grew up uh, misguided, very, you know, getting into trouble, doing stupid things. I was selling drugs at the time and uh, and manufacturing hash oil, you know, stupidly. Um, so I, I moved out of New Jersey, came to, came to California to get away from all the craziness lifestyle that I I made over there. And surprise, surprise, I I created the same thing over here. (laughs) Um, so I ended up, um, finding myself having an explosion in my apartment and I was on fire. I, uh, I was induced into a coma three surgeries later. I had to learn how to walk again and I burnt 40% of my body. I got skin graft on my arms and, uh, and on my legs. And at that moment, you know, I I realized that something had to change. You know, if I was smart enough to be doing all of this lifestyle on the, on the wrong side of the fence, uh, but doing it successfully for a long period of time, you know, if I, if I jumped on the other side of the, fence and, and did this properly, um, then, you know, who knows, I, I believe I could possibly succeed in, uh, in something that I don't feel ashamed about. And, uh, wow. yeah. And thankfully God just kind of put me in the right situation at the right time. And after my accident, um, I, I was working my face off, you know, two restaurant jobs, um, like eight hour to 10 hour. Um, well, in total for, for both of them, it was like 14 hour days. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a lot of work throughout the day, but, uh, I was always doing education on the side and, uh, you know, I started saving up some money. I wanted to figure out what to do with it. And I I realized real estate was that thing that, uh, that I should start putting it into. So the more education I was diving into, man, I was getting more and more excited about it. And, uh, and I wasn't educated enough to start out here, all the offers I kept on putting in, you know, it just wasn't mm-hmm. panning out. I was going right. against real investors with all cash and no contingencies. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, um, but eventually, you know, I found Ohio to be, to be that state that uh, I started putting money into and, uh, and everything just started, you know, working out. I, I focused on the burst strategy and now Good. I do the burst strategy in the Midwest um, starting to do it out here as well, but do fix and flips out here for the most part. Very cool. Good. Yeah. man. I, I love how you were able to spin that, you know, that negativity and that spiral that you were heading in. And I mean, it, I mean, sometimes it takes an event, right? Like that, like that to, to really drastically change your, your, your life and your course. But I love how you were able to take it and spin it in a positive direction, right? 
instead of yeah. continuing to fall down the destructive path. That's that's impressive, man. I mean, with with my personality type, I'm sur- sure it's like similar, like you guys. Um, at the end of the day, I needed something very drastic, or else if I just got like a simple arrest, or if I wasn't on fire, then I probably wouldn't have changed my life. Right. So, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, what Mike said. I mean, that's just, that's crazy. I think, I think the biggest thing is the self-awareness. You know, we kind of talk about that, how an important skill that is for investors and really anyone in life to be self-aware. And you were, um, you know, you, you were self-admittedly being dumb on the East coast. You repeated that behavior because that's what you knew. That's what you grew up with when you moved. And then it took that event, but finally you said, Oh my God, this is, this, this is where I need to be. And then you said, Oh, well, I was successful doing the wrong thing. What if I applied all of those, all of that energy to the, to, you know, to doing something lawfully and finding real estate? I mean, that's really, that's a really impressive story. And, uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad you're on the right side of the fence, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Me, <laughs> me as well, brother. <laughs> my whole family enjoys yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure, man. For sure. So tell us a little bit about, so you said that you found Ohio to be your market of choice, right? Uh, yeah. And you're using the Burr strategy. Can you explain the Burr strategy a little bit for some of our listeners who don't necessarily know what that means? Oh, yeah, of course. So the Burr strategy, it stands for buy, renovate, rent, refinance, and repeat. I love this model because at the end of the day, we're all investors really from, from my two cents. Uh, it, it's all about the value add, right? So it's all mm-hmm. about getting that distressed property or something that you can improve to make it even better, make it more valuable. And at the end of the day, if I can get it at a super discounted rate, do the full remodel and then rent it out to a well-qualified tenant and then be able to take it back to the bank and cash out, get all my money back out out of it, have very little into it or none. And, um, and then just have a small, you know, monthly mortgage, then that's what it's all about. You know, if, if it's still cash flowed above that, then I was, I was super excited about that model. I just started going um, and just scaling very quickly. And I utilize credit to do it because like I said, I was just working restaurants, like two restaurant jobs. Um, you know, it really wasn't paying that much. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, super, super blessed to be able to just realize what I could potentially do with credit and not give up, you know, like realize that this was the path that I wanted to take and I was determined to get there. So I, I want to jump in real quick here because um, you're talking about honing in on one strategy. And the biggest thing, one of the biggest things that Mike and I get in, in Operation Adam, the Action Takers Only Mastermind from our students is like, there's so much strategy. There's so many different things in real estate investing that you can do. You can fix and flip, you can burr, you can multifamily, small multifamily, you can Airbnb, like the list goes on and on and on. So how did you, Brandon, come to the, come to the, the thing that said like, you know what? I like the burr. I'm going to do the burr. Like, how did that decision just say, go? Like, yeah. how, how did you get that focus? Because I think that yeah, a lot I, of our listeners would love that. No, I love this question because I see, I see it out there all the time. You know, like somebody will start trying to do maybe fix and flip and then it gets a little difficult, struggles come in and then they see some, somebody else on social media maybe that's crushing it in a you know, wholesaling. And then they're like, all right, they're going to jump ship and, and try that out. And uh, it just turns out to be a bad name for it you know, real estate in general, because you're not focusing on that one thing until successful. So what I did was, you know, basically just look up all the different ways to make money in real estate. I came up with about like 30 plus ways 
to, to actually make money in real estate. And I just started doing a little bit of education on each. And that overall helped me realize like what I, what resources I actually had available to bring to the table and like what made sense, you know, working two restaurant jobs. I wasn't planning on like quitting overnight once I jump into real estate. So, so I realized like, will I be able to get, will I be able to do a fix and flip and still work two restaurant jobs, you know, 12, 14 hour days? Is that going to be able to make sense or, um, or, you know, whatever it may be. So I did a little bit of education on everything. And then I realized what I was gravitated towards, what my time management allowed, what my, mm-hmm. uh, my money management, um, friends, family, like people that could actually help me put this together. And, uh, and then I did all the education I possibly could on that topic. And then I found some other people, um, that were doing that as well. I tried picking their brains a little bit and, um, and then I just, you know, uh, it's all about picking the location next. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I just found a place that made sense when it came down to job growth, population growth, and then something unique that actually stood out to the the area. Yeah. I love that. I I love how that what you're talking about right now, and then talking about market analysis. I know Mike is really into market analysis, but you just said two of the big, two of the big things, job growth and population growth. And, and people, when they think about, you know, they may have heard, oh, well, you should invest in a market where you want to live. Yeah, that's true. Maybe where you want to retire, that's helpful. But it could be in a three-hour radius of that. And you want to invest in a place where people are are going to, are, are, so, are migrating to. So Yeah, I mean, I wanted to in my backyard. San Diego of course, yeah. But it's <laughs> it, there's a little bit of a barrier to entry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, mean I, I had like roommates. I, I was working, uh, you know, making maybe like 50000 a year, like working my butt off you know, and, um, and that's just not going to cut it out here. Like the living cost in general is about that much or more, you know? So at at the end of the day, my offers just weren't getting accepted. And, um, and I was going against like real investors, the the deals that I started submitting offers on were just, they weren't even turning into deals anymore. I was just getting desperate to the, Mm. to the simple fact, like, you know, I rather fail early while I'm young and just pick up something. And I, I knew I didn't want to really go that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it, you're smart though, right? I mean, you you decided to say, okay, my opportunity isn't here. My opportunity can be elsewhere. Now, <laughs> what do I need to do to go into a market like that, right? I mean, because if you're investing outside your backyard, obviously you can't. You don't have the luxury of calling the restaurant and saying, hey, I'm not coming into work for the next ten days. I'm flying out to Ohio so I can go buy this property. Right? That's not gonna yeah. happen. So, <laughs> right. You come back to not having a job, but you know, but you decide, okay, I'm going to go into this market. Now, what were those critical people that you, you decided that you needed their boots on ground to help you, you know, invest? Well, honestly, really, I didn't have any boots on ground at first. Everybody thought, you know, once I, once I tell people originally like, Hey, I'm investing over in Ohio, they're all, mm-hmm. they all think that I'm from there or I have a bunch of, I went to college right. there or something like that. You know, I, I wish it probably would have been easier. But at the end of the day, I didn't know anybody. I just found this small area that, like I said, it, it aligned with the job growth, population growth. And then something unique about the area was a famous Catholic university just mm-hmm. announced that they had no more um, housing for the juniors and seniors the semester before, just a couple months before. And I was like, dude, like the light was just like going off. And yeah. there was other investors that were in their like early 90s that had 
portfolios of like 40 plus and there's mm-hmm. three of them all looking to cash out like their families were pushing them to cash out okay so, they're in the early 90s i hope they're looking uh, to cash yeah, out yeah right <laughs> yeah right for sure yeah <laughs> i'm sticking i'm sticking so, so um, did you network with a property manager at all or did you network with anyone there to help you like look at these deals and you just did it all by yourself Dude, I, I did it all virtually at first oh, and I wow. built up all the relationships I possibly could. I, I reached okay. out to anybody and everybody, like any people on Zillow, uh, Redfin, like for sale by homeowner or all investors in the area. I called local banks, all realtors, like everybody knew me over there very soon. Good. Um, so you but, built but a when, team there, right? You built yeah. an influence and relationships with people that were local. Yeah. that's Well, that, I, I, guess I let them fun. know. Yeah, I let them know what I was looking for and I was trying to paint the vision into them to see if they would jump on, you know, on my train and see Mm -hmm. if they could send any deals my way and I would give them a referral fee or wholesalers, you know, whatever, however to make the deal work. Yeah. And, and, uh, and this, this ties into exactly our, our last episode that we released with, uh, with Matt Faircloth talking about you have to be energized when you're talking to these people, you have to be energized. You have to inspire the vision, your vision of what you want. They need to want to work for you. And, and Matt was talking about, he's like, well, if you sound really boring like this, then you're probably not going to inspire many people, you know? <laughs> but like you talk or, to Matt Faircloth and he's nervous. just like, yeah, oh, yeah. Or if you're nervous or stuttering or something, right. just go after it. So if, and, and I wanted to point out like, so when someone didn't pick up the phone, Brandon, did you just like go back on the couch and watch Netflix or something? Or like, is that what happened? Dude, I left him a message <laughs> and then I wrote it down in my book that like who I called, what time. And I followed up with them a day or two later if they didn't call me back. There you go. Just taking notes, follow up. That's it. Love it. Love it. My man's hungry. And guys, this is what passion and fire looks like. If you're thinking about what to do in in case you get rejected, okay, put it in your notebook, right? (laughs) Schedule it, follow it up, put it in your iPhone because you should have an iPhone on Android. I'm kidding. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Android. Android life. You're oh up. Like, man, whatever. listen, I'll, I'll be happy with my little iPhone. Hey, and my little it's, is the camera now. still like cracked? The screen still cracked on the back? Of Actually, your it's not. No, nope. oh. I'm good. Yep. I'm good. Yep. They'll probably hit that. mute though when you try calling us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but just, you know, schedule it however you can. If, if you use your phone as a schedule, if you use planners, mm-hmm. right? If you use a Rolodex still, I don't care. It doesn't matter, but you got to follow up, right? It and it's not going to be your first call, by the way. Like I literally called hundreds. Yeah. There you go. Like, yeah. But you, it does yeah. like when you say, so, and that's, a, that's something like when you, you, you hear this a lot too. Like if you're say, say we're interviewing a wholesaler right now, they'd be like, Oh, I sent out 5 million mailers or I sent out, like I called a thousand people. But if you just set a schedule, you know, you're on your lunch break at work, you have a half hour lunch break. You can call, you could, that's like, you know, that's like six, five minute conversations. Just call people and say, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want. Um, call me back when you have something and yep. this number or email. I mean, you do that for a couple of weeks and boom, you've called hundreds of people. Yep. Like, you know, it sounds really intimidating and it's like, oh my God, how'd you call a hundred people? It's not like Brandon's sitting there all in one day and he's like, I got to call a hundred people in an hour. Like he's running a telethon. I mean, you might. <laughs> like, no, no, yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I was, my goal was to do it at least like five yeah. Uh, a day yeah. and I was doing about an hour to an hour and a half sometimes and I would always you know crush my goal of just a couple and uh and get some yeah, good conversations going bite-sized pieces yeah. every single day one right. you know one step in front of the other that's yeah. it man I love that so tell us a little bit how about how you fell into this credit strategy right 
because yeah. this is something I'm excited to talk about now. I mean, we've been waiting to have someone who has experience and, you know, has kind of mastered the art of buying properties with credit. Uh, so sure. please tell us, like, how did you learn about the strategy? How did you decide this was for you? And then tell us a little bit about how you kind of mastered it. Yeah, man. So basically with, with credit, like I always had a good credit score because I was always, like, I started at 18 getting a credit card and, um, and I always made my payments on time. I didn't know anything about like utilization or, um, or like statement closing dates or how to boost up, you know, certain things. I just knew not to pay late. And every six months or so, I always asked for credit line increases. So that, that helped to my advantage a lot because I got big credit lines at a young age by 25. That's when I was looking for real estate and, um, 23, but I finally got into it two years later. But, um, but yeah, basically, you know, I, I saved up 35,000 for real estate and that, that sounds good. Maybe it depends on what market you're in, right? In mm-hmm. San Diego. Not, not so much in San Diego. That's like a front yeah. door. <laughs> yeah. My, my earnest money was 50,000 all Jeez. in, like no, uh, no that earnest uh, money for a single yeah, family. That's wild. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I, I only saved up 35,000. I had a bunch of people from Ohio sending me deals and I started analyzing them. I got a list of 60. I went over there and I had people showing me houses within three days. We, we knocked out that list very quickly. And, um, and I found, uh, you know, basically five that I was cool with putting an offer in on. I got two of them accepted very quickly. And that was, it was like, I didn't have enough saved up to actually do it. So now I was like, Oh, like, dang, I, mm-hmm. I was hoping to get one of these, but now I got two, you know, now we got to move quick. So I got a hard money loan on one. And then the other one, I called up my credit cards and I just started seeing if there's any promotional deals behind the counter that's going on or something with my credit profile that they could potentially do. And, and there was, there was something that they weren't marketing to me at the time or I was aware of, but, uh, they actually, it's kind of like a cash advance, except it was a promotional deal of mm-hmm. 0% interest for, I believe it was 18 months at the time, wow. anywhere from 12 to 18 months, which was like perfect. Right. Because yeah. I needed to season the property after I remodeled it for about right. a year mm-hmm. before I did the refi. So they just like, literally once I gave them the go for it, they wired the money into my bank account. I had a big credit line at the time. It was about 60,000. I, I pulled out uh, 30,000 into my account, which allowed me to pick up the purchase uh, for both of the properties, complete the remodels on both of them. And, uh, and yeah, I, you know, it, yeah. I went through a, a ton of learning curves with contractors and so forth, but as um, you do, as you do. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's where actually, you know, at first I was paying them cash. And then after that, I, I started realizing, you know, 3,000 miles away, being a young guy, uh, just uneducated, you know, wet behind the ears type of thing. They knew they were taking advantage. You know, I went through five contractors within a year. It should have took two months. It took a year and two months. Wow. Um, I should have probably sued three of them. So when I finally realized like, hey, I got to stop giving these guys cash. Then I started paying them only with credit cards yep. and that started saving me because if they didn't do the job and I have a detailed scope of work and before and after pictures, 
then I'm safe. All I need to do is call on my credit card company and let them know. And I get my money back right away. And now they need to, you know, defend themselves almost like a mini court case, except I don't need to show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I love this uh, because most of the time that you work when you're working with contractors or whatever vendors you're working with and they accept credit card, they're accepting fees, you know, depending on what kind of credit card it is, they're accepting those fees. And that means that their business is put together most of the time. So they're not like, you know, kind of screwing people over and going from house to house. And like these, you know, little contractors, usually you're working with a bigger contracting company. Now, sometimes that means you might not get the cheapest, you know, renovation, but you have some room to negotiate and you have that peace of mind, like Brandon was talking about by being able to put things in dispute if things don't go your way. Um, I mean, I've even negotiated on my rehabs where I pay with credit card. I actually pay back the fees because I, I want to pay with my credit card so much that I will pay the two percent extra fee. I just negotiate it down in the in the beginning, you know. Of course. When um, I'm court, you know. Because that's the biggest yeah. thing. Contractors like, oh well, I don't want to pay that fee. You know, and I was like, okay, well, that's cool. Um, but I'm still gonna pay with my credit card and you know, I'll spot you. <laughs> so. Yeah. so some sometimes I'll tell the contractor to include it in your bid mm-hmm. or you know, I will cover it or I'll split it with you, but I, I won't do it without you know, actually taking credit cards. And I've had so many of my contractors like beg me to mm-hmm. just because it's easier. They like cash. They, they spend it right away that weekend or give it to their workers, stuff like that. So, um, so I, I only work with people that take credit cards and if they don't, then I'll educate them and I'll show them how to actually set up a merchant account so mm-hmm. that they can, because it does give us the insurance at the end of the day. You know, and they don't do, you, do the work. Are your contractors insurance. using a Joist? Do they, are they familiar with that? That's the app that like all my contractors use to pay with credit card and all that stuff. Joist. Yeah, no, yeah. no, they're not, but I, I am aware of it. All right. Well, that's awesome though. I love that you brought that up because that's not something that's very common, right? A lot of people wouldn't know that. So you using credit cards gives you the ability to have insurance on the work that's done, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is smart, right? I mean, there are things like mechanical mechanics liens in place for them to make sure that you pay them for the work that they do. Right. Sure. And you should kind of have something on your side that protects you. So you're saying that the credit card gives you that ability. That's awesome. And so are you ever concerned about the length of time that work will be going on and you have a balance, you know, on one of your credit cards? How do you, how do you counter your risk of saying, okay, I have $35,000 tied on this credit card and it's there for maybe six months. You know, I don't want it there for too long because maybe I'm running late on my interest only period. Sure. How do you balance that? Yeah. So that was something that I, I started after I did a couple of these deals, I started realizing I was getting in trouble with my utilization was too high. Right. And then my, my score was dropping and then it's like, well, now I need to do a cash out refi, but my score is too low. So how do I do this? And then if a project did take too long and it's coming up, then it's like, well, what am I going to do now? So I always had the backup plan that if not, then I could either you know, I could get another credit card to be able to do a balance transfer, or pay that off. Um, I could also do, you know, a private money loan if needed, put up my properties as collateral. Um, or, you know, I actually ran into learning how to manufacture spend. So what that is, is basically like creating your own points and moving the money around. So therefore, I'm never actually paying any interest. And it's always showing I could be utilizing 95% of my, 
my availability, my credit lines, mm-hmm. but it's always reporting at 0% utilization. Hmm. How does I that know work? This is hard to like wrap <laughs> up. Oh. Yeah. All right. You definitely have to explain that. Babe, <laughs> you you um, can't leave us on that note. Yeah. All right. My, show's my over. Head's, my, head is, <laughs> my head's spinning right now and I'm like, I'm so focused. So please tell us, how does this work? Yeah. So, you know, there, there's many ways to do it, but basically it's, it's, you know, manufacturer spending is creating your own points. It's uh, taking your credit card. You, you purchase something with it. Mm-hmm. And then you liquidate that, whatever it is, um, and turn it into cash. And then there's once a month is when your statement closing date comes around. It's only once a month. It's every 30 days. So whenever that statement closing date comes out for that particular card, whatever balance it, that is, that's what's getting reported out to the three bureaus. Mm-hmm. So right. if, you can, if you can just make sure that before a couple days before that statement closing date comes around that you're paying off that card, then it reports out at zero. You're good to go. And then you got 30 days to do whatever you want with that card until that statement closing date comes around. So basically we would, you know, rack up that card as much as possible with all my other cards as much as possible. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I have it liquid at in cash and I can do whatever I want with it. And then all I need to worry about is every month, every 30 days for each individual card, look at the statement closing date and make sure that it's paid off a couple of days before then so that it, it reports at zero. Interesting. Hmm. So how do you get the money back that you've spent, right? So let's say, for instance, you have uh, 60000 that you're leveraging of your credit and you put, let's say, 30 of that into a property, right? Now you have you still have sixty thousand dollars in debt, but you have thirty in cash and you have thirty inside a property. How do you get the remaining thirty back to pay off the full sixty that you owe within that thirty days? Yeah. So, so basically, if I, if just one card has sixty thousand on it, say I have another four cards with fifty thousand each on it, so two two hundred thousand additionally, right? Right. Now I'm you know, let's say I'm maxed out on that one card that has 60,000. I still have all these other cards that I can actually liquidate. And if I can, if I can pull out money from those cards or my significant other or family member, stuff like that, my family member, that's a bad example. We, none Mm. of them really have any uh, (laughs) (laughs) bad example, but, um, you know, you might be able to get your significant other or your family member possibly, you know, and at, at that moment you can, utilize those cards because their statement closing date might be another 25 days away. You can utilize them uh, and pay off the one that's just about to report in another two days. Mm-hmm. Once that reports at zero, then you can liquidate that one and then pay off the and, other and one. When you say liquidate, you're talking about like doing cash advances and stuff from the credit card, like to get the cash. No, in, no. You know? no um, so it, never ever trying to pay any fees whatsoever. So with manufacturer spending, there's some small fees, but because I'm utilizing cards that actually give several percent cash back, maybe 2% or 3% cash back cards, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm actually making money from this. 
Hey guys, Kevin here, and I wanted to take a quick break from the show to fill you in on what's happening behind the scenes at Active Duty Passive Income. Most of you already know that ADPI is not just a podcast. We're a community, a community of real estate and passive income warriors taking action, building wealth, and giving back together. That's why I'm so proud to announce the creation of ADPI's Financial Services Division. With a full range of tailored lending options, our team of pros is ready to provide active duty service members, veterans, and military families just like you all the advice and resources you need to close on your first or next investment opportunity. Click the link in this episode's show notes or simply text DEAL to 33777 to get connected today. Now, let's get back to the show. So for example, our fourplex that we bought out here just you know two months ago, here mm-hmm. in San Diego, uh, we had to bring to the table 430,000 to actually close on this deal. Wow. And I had a couple hard, I had a couple of private money lenders that were participating, mm-hmm. but, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to bring all the money to like raise the money in time right. in 10 days. Right. So I pulled out 200,000 of my money because that's what we were short at the time. And, uh, from my credit cards, and I did that within two days. It was a couple hours each day. And um, we didn't end up needing it, but I had it as like an insurance plan. And once I realized I didn't need it, I just put it back onto the cards, right? I paid off those cards, but I actually made $4,000 profit because it was a 2% cash back card. Oh, so, oh. so, so when you, uh, I, so, so oh, that's amazing. But when, oh, <laughs> when yeah. you go and pull the money out, you're, what you're yes. doing is you're calling the bank and you're saying, hey, I have this big purchase I want to make and it's a, a you know, whatever, uh, my credit limit on this card is $50,000. Would you um, essentially be willing to loan it to me at, like, what, what is this, how does this conversation go? Because I'm just very curious. No, no, no. Um, I started off that way, you know, like yeah. in, in the beginning, asking and, and seeing what kind of promotional deals were going on. Right. And that worked out, you know, it can work out. But when it, when manufacturer spending, that's really like, there's so many different ways to do it. But say, for example, I, I'm purchasing gift cards, like Visa gift cards, right? Uh-huh. And then I purchase it with my credit card. I get a bunch of gift cards and then afterwards I liquidate those gift cards into cash. Oh, so, okay. So there's small little fees. Yeah. There's going to be fees. Pay. Yeah. Yeah. Small though. So if I get a thousand dollar gift card and it's a 2% cash back card, then that means I get $20 back profit. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well gross. Right. And then the fees involved to get that gift card, it's $4 plus a dollar to actually, you know, finalize and get the cash out. So that's $5. It's only it's only $5 to so it it so if you get a $1000 gift card per 1000 per 1000. Okay, so you have a $1000 Visa gift card say, right? And it, it costs you $1000. So you go and boom, buy that gift card. And then you're like, yeah. "Ah, you know, I'd really like this gift card in cash. That would be pretty sweet." And Visa's like, "All right, we'll give you $995 of this in cash, $5 service fee." Whoa. my mind is blown (laughs) yeah it takes that it takes that basically you just liquidated you did a big circle with the the credit card Uh but the points that you just created it's twenty dollars worth minus the five now you're actually profiting fifteen dollars yeah and and that's just a two percent cashback card there's three percent cashback cards out there wow yeah 
That is incredible, man. That's a crazy hack. And you know, I've heard of um, of something similar where people use gold, right? They buy like yeah. gold as a strategy. You right? can with credit cards. That's that's a manufacturer spending technique. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Cool. So you're just finding. So manufacturer spending is the idea of finding something that you can quickly liquidate on and quickly liquidate. So you can't, yeah, I, can't go buy a cell I, I phone because then you're gonna have to like sell it, and it's gonna be a pain. You're not gonna, yeah, right. Yeah, I think of it as uh, manufacturer spending is creating your own points, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. And I, yeah. I utilized it as you know an insurance policy almost. You know, if I couldn't raise the money, I'm pulling it and I'm putting it on my credit card, and um, and then I'm not wasting my time. I just made four thousand dollars within two days, a couple hours each day just in case, you know? And, and do you mind in that specific deal, bad. what was your vehicle of your liquidation method that like, what, what was it gold this time? Was it, was it gift cards no, for this deal? Gift cards. Gift, gift cards. cards. And what's, awesome. what's the, what's the biggest gift card you can buy? I don't even know. I never buy gift cards. A thousand. A thousand, thousand is typically dollars. the, yeah. Okay. And wow. then there's, um, there's, there's a million different ways to do it, but there's only particular certain areas that you can actually liquidate it. Oh, and there's see. certain type of credit cards. So, so we teach all this stuff in, uh, in part of our education. It, it gets very detailed. It, it's yeah. 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 It sounds like it, right. Cause it sounds it's like, like there's, this is like a, a very fine line between like credit fraud and like yeah. something that's actually legal. Right. <laughs> and you want to be, so, you want to so be on guys, the right side of that fence. You want right? to be on the right side. <laughs> right We're going to go ahead and, and have a disclaimer on this. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like an amazing strategy, but not make sure CPA, that you know, a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make sure that you know specifically what you're doing and yes. you, you talk to someone who's trained in doing it because you know, we don't want to get you in trouble, right? With this, this is a yeah. strategy that a lot of people have been doing very successfully, right? Brandon being one of them. So it is possible. It is legal. Just got to know what you're you have doing. To educate yourself on knowing exactly what you're doing because you yeah. don't want to get yourself in trouble. That's it. Well, there, there's no way to get in trouble. Like it is totally legal, but, um, it sounds like a, it sounds like tedious for sure. Like if you don't have a lot yeah, of time, like if you're doing all this for like 20 bucks that you're making, you know, then, well, yeah. That's the thing. You wouldn't you wouldn't want to take out like purchase all these gift cards and purchase the wrong gift cards, right? Uh, or yeah. try to go to the wrong location and keep on getting denied and then you're like, "Well, how the hell am I going to get my money back now?" Okay. It's like, "Uh, you know, it, because there's a there's a fine path to be able to successful like actually yeah. truly get it out properly." Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome, yeah. man. Well, that's a heck of a strategy. So, so tell us now from, from the, you know, the giant foot level, um, you know, how do you implement this into a system that you can create, continue to create and have success with? In, in what aspect? Just in terms of investing. Yeah. So let's say if I'm going and you, you want to try it for your first property and now you want to scale to like two or three or four properties, what's the timeline, right? And the time frame that you should want to have between each investment. And then how quickly should you be thinking about paying off credit cards, that type of thing? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So, so basically, the the whole key here is to get as big and as much credit lines as possible. The more that you have, the, the mm-hmm. more like it's just going to set you up for success. So, um, if I would have known earlier to stop playing around with my personal credit and really set up, start setting up the business credit like it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would have been able to scale a hell of a lot faster 
and mm-hmm. uh, and just do you know more obviously more uh, more volume. Um, basically, you want to set up your personal credit because that's your foundation. You want to set that up very solid, but then business credit. Most people, like truthfully, ninety percent of people are actually messing up how they're setting up their their business profiles. And, and building their credit. Most people aren't building their, their business credit properly. Um, so there's, there's like a 10 step process to really build that up successfully. And within a year, you can actually get to a million dollars in business credit and all that within like 5% one, within wow. one year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then it doesn't cap out there. Like you can keep it going. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where it really starts setting you up for success because if you can have that much credit lines and it's not even attached to you, like it's not, God forbid if the business fails or the market tanks or whatever, like if you can actually walk away from it, not personally guaranteed, then it's not going to haunt you later on. Like that, that's what really helps out. And, um, so it's not tied to your name. It's tied to your LLC or your, you exactly. know, whatever. Mm-hmm. you just dissolve the business and you walk away and boom. It's like, yeah. like, like, uh, you know, the honorable Donald Trump, right? He's gone into yeah. what, bankruptcy. How many times? How many businesses? Right? I mean, it's, it's a few. But he knows how to play the game and that's what yeah. it comes down to. So it's like most people out there aren't playing the game correctly because they just don't know. They're not teaching you in school. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that, that's what I would have done. Um, you know, if I could change anything, I would have just started building up the, the business credit faster and sooner so that I could actually, you know, take down these properties because we've purchased properties with all cash and we complete all of our remodels with our credit cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. That's sorry. Nice. I said, yeah, we purchase our properties sometimes with, with um, credit, with credit cards. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, we, yeah. We know what you meant. That's good, man. Dude, that's awesome. That is strategy. Awesome. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we, <laughs> We, we got a lot of comments. Uh, live comments are fl- coming in right now, and they're like, "What is this? Oh, yeah, what is the strategy? What What is this manufactured take, spending? This take is some, gold." Take, take, <laughs> take, let's take a question off the comment. You, you get oh out. no, is I don't have any questions. Comments? It doesn't look like questions. Uh, just a bunch uh, of comments? You know, live comments. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, cool. All right. Yeah. Because because uh, man, this this is awesome, man. I mean, I'm telling you that this strategy has been talked about before, but it's great to have someone who's experienced who, who knows what they're doing with it. Um, can we maybe give us a few nuggets on business credit real quick, right? Because this is something that we've spoken about too. What are maybe, you know, the first three things that someone should think about doing or actually do um, if they're going to establish good business credit for themselves? Sure. Yeah. So when you have your LLC set up and all your entities, you know, filed correctly, then you want to obviously open up a bank account right away. Um, there's certain amount of funds that you want to put in there. Ideally, you want to keep it like $10,000 or more. Okay. And then it just sets you up for a, a better ranking um, mm-hmm. that they give you, that they judge you by. And then you want to get it a DUNS number. So you want to apply mm-hmm. for it. Also, you want to make sure that everything, like everywhere that your business is, is posted or anything that you're filling out as far as your business goes, it is apples to apples comparison. You do not want the littlest thing to be changed or different, or if somebody messes up as there, as you like tell them the information, they write it down differently. Don't want, you want to correct that stuff, 
right? Okay. You don't you don't want to have like a PO box for your address. If you're an entrepreneur working at home, that's where your LLC is. You know, you want to put suite attached to it. If you live in an apartment, knock off the apartment and put suite whatever that apartment number is, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, um, okay. Because it's not it's they want to show that it's like a business and uh and PO boxes don't work. Um virtual offices don't work work. like Mm -hmm. those things aren't going to look sexy to the banks okay and then uh also you want to be anywhere and everywhere online so that somebody like a bank can simply google you and it pops up everywhere you want a facebook page you want google my business you want um for 411 uh yellow pages you want to be everywhere so that so that they can track you, you know, if they mm-hmm. can't find you or if there's misspellings and inaccuracies, it's a bunch of red flags that they're going to start picking up on and they're, they're not going to move forward with it. All right. Very good. Stuff. Man. Yeah. That's, that's important stuff, guys. Make sure that you take some, take down some notes on this because it's very important. And in, uh, in the new Emory update we're going through and we're actually creating a module that is teaching you this exact same stuff, right? Because this is something that you want to start thinking about now, even if you're in the phase where you're just educating yourself on real estate, because, you know, banks, it takes them two years, right? For them to want to give you, um, oh, them for them to want to give you credit, right? I mean, it, it's not necessarily true all the time, depending on your business structure. And obviously, Brandon's kind of explained the, the nuances there, but um, but a lot of times, right, banks won't lend to you, right, or won't lend in your business name without tying your personal name unless you've had two years of experience. So, as yeah. a business. And I'm in the so, same boat. Uh, I mean, I have two LLCs right now, but I'm still paying out. Of, I'm doing all the wrong things. I'm paying out of my personal account. I'm like, I'm going to set up the bank account someday. I'm getting Set it up, man. I'm I know. <laughs> I'm just like, up, like right? it's like I don't want to pay that twenty-five dollars <laughs> bank setup fee or something. I'm just like sweating twenty-five bucks right now. But yeah, it's it's good <laughs> stuff. I, I just have these like mental blocks in my head and why I shouldn't do it. But I, I need to. Yeah, go go, go to uh, Navy Navy Federal. Is that on the East Coast? Yeah, Navy yeah. Federal is all over. Yeah, yeah they're Navy all over. Federal, yeah. Yeah. Dude, it, it's right. it's free to set up your account. You're, you have to put like a hundred bucks in. You're good to go, man. Yeah, for for a business okay. line for a business account. Business. Right. And personal. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do everything through Chase, like on the business side. So I was like, oh, I'm going to set up a Chase bank account. I got Chase credit cards, blah, 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 all this stuff. But yeah, I mean. So yeah. So there's certain hacks as well that you can get Chase private client, which normally you would need to have like 250,000 in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's little hacks that we've done to be able to get Chase private client without having any money in there really. And cool. uh, then you get free wires, which is nice for. Yeah. Us. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Hell okay. yeah. Hey, Brandon, we're, we're going to have to talk after this, man. This is, this is <laughs> Hey, man, I'm an open stuff, book. Bro. You reach out and you let me know. I love it, man. We, we might have to bring you back on and do something special because this is cool, man. But listen, we're running out of time. Unfortunately, we got to yeah. head for our bonus round. But we got four questions for you. First one, what is your favorite book or business tool that you like? To All right. This book right here literally changed my life in the beginning. I mean, you, you guys all know Rich Dad, Poor Dad and stuff like that. That's not this book. That's how, you know, it's played out with, with, uh, with how many people brag about that book. It is amazing. But this has literally helped me out tremendously understanding the numbers and understanding all the different ways, like formulas, stuff like that. So um, what every real estate investor needs okay. to know about cash flow and 36 
Other Key Financial Measures by Frank Gallinelli. It's the longest title in the world, but once you find it, <laughs> it tells you it's exactly like, what, if you don't know what that is in that book by reading that title, then you can't read. <laughs> Honestly, it's very analytical as well. And I'm like, I'm more of an action taker and then a little analytical. So, um, it's a dry so read, if, if it gets boring <laughs> and it's a little difficult to read, then just try to push through it because I'm telling you, it will help out if you're struggling with numbers. Like mm-hmm. some of us are in the beginning. <laughs> hey, man, it's all good. And if you're partnering with someone who loves numbers, pass the book to them and tell that's them right. to implement it, right? And they'll that's geek it. out on it and they'll love it. There you go. Leverage, that's what we're, it's all about. We're gonna, cool, as always, yeah, as always, guys, we're going to put a uh, link to that in the show notes. Uh, question number two, who is your biggest hero and why? Um, Time's up. No, I'm just kidding. You know, uh, like I'm a Jesus junkie. So I think just like, you know, God's a, an awesome hero. I used to put a lot of people on pedestals and then, um, and then I realized like not one person I've ever met actually has it all together. They might be crushing it in business, yeah. but struggling with their marriage or struggling with their health. So yeah. I don't really put anybody on a pedestal anymore. I don't, I don't have a hero. God's pretty awesome, though. He's doing some big stuff. Hey, that's a hero right there. There you I mean, go. No problem. That's my hero. I hear you, yeah. bro. <laughs> Especially after surviving what you've survived, dude. That's mm-hmm. incredible, bro. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I can believe it. Question number three. What do you like to do for fun outside of real estate? Or outside of I like business? basketball. Okay. Basketball? There I like basketball. Nice. What, uh, what position? Center? You know, I, I've always been like a shooting guard. When I was really young, okay. I used to play, um, you know, uh, like point guard because I was shorter. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I'm a I'm a left bench kind of a guy. Sometimes I rotate over to right bench, but it's a strong <laughs> position. It's a strong position. When I'm tired, it's like it needs to be warmed up. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Yeah. It, it will be warm if you play with me. The bench will be warm. I'm not so bad at basketball yet. So. There it is, Kevin, man. Hey, hey Air Force was the perfect position for you, brother. That's I got right. you. <laughs> they play in the Navy battleship. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, last question here, Brandon. Um, uh, if you had three nuggets to pass on to a real estate investor, maybe someone who's looking to do the manufacturer credit or, or whatever, just someone starting out, anyone starting out, what would those three nuggets be? Okay. Um, we'll get your credit right. Like really pay attention to that because like you can use credit for everything and anything. So stop, you know, under underdogging the credit because it can be really, really phenomenal to take you to the next level, you know? And, um, second, we already talked about this a little bit, but basically do research on all the different strategies out there just a little bit. Like you don't need to go ridiculously deep into it, but do like 20 minutes to understand from beginning to end what strategies, um, you know, how, how to perform each strategy and then see what you resonate with and then deep dive into one of them. And, uh, and then thirdly, um, you know, reach out, network with people. Your personal brand is huge. And what I realized is getting out out of your comfort zone, um, and kind of documenting your journey as you're going you never know who you can actually help. So be like a servant leader, but also who will like gravitate and like create your own circle, like your friends, your, your influence that you guys can network and, and help out. Like as much as like 
like I'm learning so much from you guys as well in, in so many different areas. So it's, it's awesome to just build relationships with your personal brand and to be able to all grow together. Yeah, absolutely. Love it, man. That's awesome. Absolutely, dude. Thank you so much, Brandon. Really appreciate having you here. A uh, ton of value, man, that uh, brought on this show. So and, and I know we're going to get a lot of questions after this too. So we may have to follow up. Um, but can you please share with our audience how they can get in touch with you and what you got going on? Yeah, yeah. So if um, so, we have like a, a credit repair business because we realized as we were educating people, we have an online course. You guys can find that at creditcounselelite.com. Um, but once we realized like we're trying to educate people and show them how to educate, fix, build, and then leverage credit, we realized that a lot of people need more attention towards the credit fixing. So we have a credit repair, all do it for you business. Um, we can remove hard inquiries in like 24 hours. And, um, and then we got a trade line business as well that, you know, we can improve your credit score about a hundred points or so depends on where you're at but within less than 30 days, very quickly. So um, just with trade lines, which is awesome. And, uh, and then we got our podcast, Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. But if anybody wants to reach out to me, you can always do so. Uh, just text, I don't know, we'll see. Text uh, like credit, credit at uh, 609 231 9018 or you guys can reach me instagram it's brandon elliott investments or facebook.com slash brandon elliott uh rei all right awesome lots of ways lots of ways to get in touch with brandon we'll make sure that those are in the show notes guys if you're listening to this in the podcast and uh and hey man thanks so much really appreciate having you here brandon yeah this is really awesome yeah. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate Outstanding. That was an awesome episode. Thanks so much to our special guests and thanks to you for listening. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, make sure you go and do that or schedule a call with us by texting ADPI to 444-999 or checking out our website at www.activedutypassiveincome.com to find out how you can get started on your financial freedom journey today. I'll see you guys next week.